Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. I I just want to share this message with you. I really feel gripped. God's not mad at you. Man, you need to share that right now. Text somebody right now. Get online. I think in Christianity, so many times we start this journey and we think, man, God can't be happy with me. You know, one day I had this simple thought, is God really mad at people? And, you know, I've talked to people about this, and the overwhelming response from people when you ask them, you think God's mad at you? So many people respond desperately needing to be reassured of the fact that God's not mad at them. And it was really, it's kind of eye-opening. So I want to talk about it. Because I think what happens is, in my terminology, you know, I'm gonna kind of slide in my chair here and get, get comfy so I can really share this with you. In my journey with God, I, you know, I look, I started this thing in God, and then years went by of doing the best I could, but missing it sometimes. You know, where I'm gonna talk to you about 1 John 1 and 9. If you sin, you repent. Why do I have to repent? Do I even really need to repent? Now, that sounds crazy, but... There's a lot of stuff that goes like, yes, there's an element of it, but you got to repent in the right posture. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people repent from a place of not understanding, and then they repent based upon this, this system that the, the religion's painted. I'm going to show you proper repentance, because I believe there is a place of repentance for everyone. Um, you know, when you get to that first John 1 and 9, you know, the, you know what happened was, you know, sometimes Jesus in the Bible is teaching his disciples and believers. Sometimes he was like almost speaking to an atheist group, agnostics. You know, he's talking to them in a place where they don't really have understanding, and he's trying to let them understand that they, they're sinning kind of people. To the believer, he's like, you got to really have this thing laid out because if you're not careful, you won't properly divide the word of God in understanding. And you, and you can get people thinking like, well, I'm a sinner. Well, you're really not a sinner. You're a saint. And saints sometimes slip, and this slip is when you miss the mark. But a, a believer is not a sinner. You know, I, I, I'm just, you know, I hear that a lot out of people's mouths. Well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Hey, well, you were a sinner saved by grace, and I understand the terminology, but now you're a saint in Christ, and you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, it's mentality. It's, it's sometimes, it's sometimes um, revelation. And I, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I believe in repentance, but repentance in the right posture. It's very important. There's a lot of stuff we're going to talk about, especially in these next couple of weeks. Um, does God really? Does God really forgive me? Is God okay with me? Is God mad at me? Has God kind of given up on me? I kind of gave up on me. I think God gave up on me. You know, can God really be pleased with me with my lifestyle? Can God really? You know, there's a lot of there's like a bunch of questions. I'm going to answer as many as I can. You know, maybe as this goes on, you know. I just thought it is. Maybe as it goes on, maybe what we'll do is let me get this week and then maybe next week and then maybe we'll give you guys time to give, to give questions where you could say, anonymously, you know, you send them in the ministry. We won't say who you are and none of that stuff. But maybe what we'll do is maybe like week three or four around there, if this is going good, you could send your questions. I'll get a link where you could send it and nobody will know it's you and you could ask me some serious questions, you know. I've gotten to questions about everything you could think of why not answer some of those questions that are like, you know, maybe we'll get one that seems to be, you know, you know, maybe a couple of people are asking the same thing and we'll pick them 
And then maybe we even just, you know, we'll just, we'll just make some up on popular demand. You know, I mean, I've done that before. Sometimes you just got to, you know, look where people are struggling and then we could answer some of those questions. Like, I'm struggling with, does God even hear me? We'll show you why God's hearing you. I don't know if God even likes my lifestyle. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, sometimes people I've got, I've gotten with people, you know, they're not living the right lifestyle, but they go to church and they don't know how to overcome their lifestyle. They don't know how to do this. They don't, is God okay with this? You know, I think we just need to answer a lot of those things. Because when I started walking with God, I started even noticing me. I, I, I try to live a good, tight, kind of Christian walk, but you know, you have slips. You know, times where you, I get, you, know, you get angry maybe, or you miss the mark, or you're not, <laughs> you're not really achieving things you thought you should achieve, and you kind of almost feel like, man, how could God be pleased with this? So through your own relationships with God and ministering to people, you know, people are either, they, they're not, uh, a lot of people think God's mad at them. Let's just say it like that. A lot of people don't think God's pleased with them, and a lot of people are basing their belief system on, you know, what God can do for them based upon their performance. And I understand your, your confidence is at another level when you feel like your performance is good in God, and your confidence is, that's why sin ruins your confidence. Does that make sense? It messes up your confidence with your prayer life. So sin, sin doesn't separate you from God per se, like, okay, that's it, you're out of God, you know, you're a believer, now you're out of God. You know, now you're in God, out of God. No, what sin does is it really removes the confidence of what you know God to be and what God can do in your life because your actions are not living up to the standard of what you know to be the truth. So, you know, maybe, maybe you all, and this is funny, but this is really true. You know, and somebody said this to me. They said, man, I never, somebody said they don't feel like they, had, they didn't have great parents. And it was always like, there was always a bar to feel like I got to live up to this expectation. Um, some people live through rejection. So there's a lot of stuff we look at God through this lens, you know? You know, I don't know about you, but like, you ever like put on sunglasses? You know, the other day, Pastor Liz borrowed my sunglasses, hallelujah, and, um, and, <laughs> and I was laughing. And she got like, she got like a spot of makeup on the thing, you know? And she's like, oh, whoops, I got this on there. And I, I go to put them on, and I'm like, I'm looking through a cloud out of one eye, you know? I'm like, my God, my vision's, my, <laughs> my, my, my vision's a little blurred because it was something that was on the lens, you know? And I'm, I, that's like a crazy analogy, but I was just laughing because, you know, I, I just was like, what happened to my glasses, you know? Because I'm used to seeing through them in a one way. And then when she borrowed them, right, she brought them back a different way. Isn't that so funny, though? Isn't that how we see life sometimes? We look at it through the lens of, 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 of great parents or bad parents, or maybe you've dealt with rejection. Maybe you felt rejected from the church. Maybe somebody rejected you. Maybe a spouse. You know, I had somebody not too long ago said, man, Pastor Chris, I'm having problems receiving in, in, in an area because, you know, my husband was kind of abusive. He was kind of loud. He was kind of rough. He was kind of this, that, and the other thing, and, and I couldn't receive certain things from, 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 from God. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So we prayed, you know what I mean? And sometimes rejection, rejection is a huge one. A lot of people feel like they've been rejected and they don't feel like, well, how can God be like that? Or how about even this one? Regret. Whether these, wherever these misconceptions originated from, we have to really challenge them to be like, do I have the right idea and the right image of who God is? You know what I mean? Do I have the right understanding who God is in my life? Do I have the right, do I have the right, um, I want to help shed some truth on these things because a lot of this stuff is false. So what I'm asking you to do is in this series, just kind of like go, stop, let me think what I'm thinking about this and let me see what you say. 
because I want you to know that you can fully understand this. God's not mad at you. Because you got to understand something. God, God was angry, and God was wrathful. And that's what people can't get. Um, yeah, I'm going to get to this, but I want God was angry. God, see, that's why nobody can really understand. They, they get the Old Testament God messed up with the New Testament God and go, how could God be so angry? Well, sin made God angry, but sin in wrath was never meant for the believer. Sin in wrath came on Jesus. And that's what you, I'm telling you, this is a powerful month. So I want you just to sit there. Yeah, God was angry. God was very angry. God was angry. He was, he was wrathful. And it wasn't at people. It was at sin. And, and God took, now I don't think it was by choice. Please understand me. Man's sin brought this, this thing here. Now God wasn't angry at man. He was angry at sin. He was angry at the enemy for bringing sin into his perfect harmony of world. That's why it says that he put his wrath and anger on Jesus. Not because he didn't love Jesus, but because he loved us. This is really good stuff. So I want you to first build this picture in your head before we get in there. God, you know, people think God can't accept me like I am. He can. He expects spiritual growth, though. That's why church could get dangerous when it's like, come as you are. You could come as you are, but you can't stay as you came. You have to grow. You know, it'd be like school, and you go to first grade, and they teach you two plus two is four, and you still don't know it, and you're 12 years old. We can't bring you to the next grade level until you start achieving some sort of connection at the level where you're at. That's why it's so important for you to spiritually grow and to bring the supplements in to spiritually feed yourself. That's why you sitting in Wednesday wisdom is so important because right now you're opening yourself up to grow and develop in things of God that you need to. The Bible, right, shows man's sin. It shows the, the, the immorality. It shows man's humanity. You look at the, not everybody's perfect in this Bible. It also shows you God's amazing grace, God's amazing love. We find the heroes that we admire right in there. Like you see like the Apostle Paul, you see Jesus, but you also see guys that have failed miserably at times and yet they found love, acceptance, forgiveness, and mercy as free gifts from God. Come on. His love drew them into an intimate relationship with him and he empowered them to do great things and taught them how to enjoy life in Christ. Right? I'm, I'm, we can believe, I, I know we can receive this shoe. We can. And I want to start, listen, I want to just give, I'm going to give you this Isaiah 54 in a minute here, but I want you to see this. A lot of people have spent many years of their life in, in, in fear that God is angry with them, God's displeased with them, God's not, God's not wanting to reach out to them. But here's what I want you to know. God's amazing grace, passionate love, and understanding that God is not angry with you has been the simple truth that's going to cause you to start loving yourself and loving others and changing the way you see God and changing the way you see yourself. And I'm going to give you some powerful truths, scriptural truth, to show you God's not mad at you. Now, I know why you saw some of you are like, Pastor Chris, my lifestyle, I understand. 
we could grow out of your lifestyle, but we're not going to grow out of your lifestyle if you keep thinking God's mad at you, he's angry with you, he's had it with you. You're like some kind of spiritual reject, you know? I don't know how else to say it. Like, I'm a spiritual, you know, I always think about, you ever watch those, you ever watch those machines that like process stuff? You know, and like, they got these machines, now they do it with a laser, it's amazing, right? Like these, these, there's a conveyor belt of like coffee beans, you know? And this machine's like laser lights are all over. It's like, oh, there's a dud. And they like discard the duds, you know? And for some reason, I always think like in church, like some people just walk in like, I'm a spiritual dud, you know what I mean? It's like, I can't, I can't get it. I haven't, 30 years later, I haven't gotten it. No, you're not a spiritual dud. I promise you, you're a new creature in Christ. Just got to work with you a little bit, give you a little help, give you a little hope, get you to a place. It's going to be okay, but you got to trust me in this thing. We need you. There's only one of you in the world. Look what God says in Isaiah 54. We could even read in verse 7. We'll go up a little bit more, even into King James, uh, because I think it's important, because I think um, I started with the nine and 10 is really where I want you to go, but um, um, I think, why not, right? Look what it says here. It says, a small moment um, have I forsaken thee, but now with great mercies will I gather thee. So he's saying, I, God's explaining like, look, for a minute I'm gonna have to turn away from Jesus and from this thing, and you guys are in bond, but I'm gonna come and get you. So look at the next verse. I like it, because it's good. And it says what? In a, little, in, a, in a little wrath, right, I hide my face from who? For you from a moment. But what? Well, with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord, thy Redeemer. Isn't that so good? Isn't that strong? Look at this. So now he explains. For this is as the waters of Noah. So he starts talking covenant terminology. He's like, look, it was bad, but I'm showing my kindness upon you now. Man, I don't know, it's blessed me. For this is the waters, for thus, this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I will not be worth with thee nor rebuke thee. Did you get that? Man, just like he said, that rainbow, the bow in the air, when you see that, no, I'm never going to flood the earth again, you could be promised, assured, and covenant that I promise you I'm not mad with you and I'm not rebuking towards you and I'm not angry towards you. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, says the Lord that hath mercy on thee. Man, a covenant of peace. Did you get that? Now, right there, you got to reprogram your mind to that scripture. You can't just read that once. You can't just sit there. I'm serious. You cannot sit in Isaiah. And I mean, for me, I mean, I'm going to look at this. Just, I, I want to give you like a little breakdown in this because I think, I think this scripture right here really reads um, strong for you to understand. Like, look, right, for a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. Think of that for a minute. I want, I want to look at some of this terminology in 5, 5, 54, 5, 7. And I want, really want to look at 54, 8 for a minute because I, I'm getting something on the inside. For a small moment, I forsook thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath, I will hide my face for thee from a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, 
says the Lord thy Redeemer. Now, you got to understand that word in Hebrew, okay? Okay, now, that, now I don't want to go get in all the, I'm not like, you know, doctor deep with the Hebrew, but I can give you this because I, I, I seen this and it kind of kind of quickened me to read this to you. Um, that's your kings, kingsman redeemer, your avenger, your, your, your ransom, a kinsman, to act as a kinsman or to do the part of the next in kin. The responsibility to redeem yeah, it's really important. Um, it's almost like this. One of the great definitions that I think is going to kind of help you pull this thing in is this: to redeem. Um, in 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 the to re, basically to, it's the root word to redeem, to basically to perform the part, to produce and purchase the ransom. The, does that make sense? So that word, when you see redeemer, he's saying this. The New Testament is kind of like. He, re, he paid the ransom. Does that make sense? So it's like, we got taken hostage by the enemy. Y'all watch these crazy movies, you know? Give us $8 million for the, you know, the general or something, right? And everybody's like, oh, we're going to get the money. That's what happened with us. We got, we, got, we got wrapped in sin and we were held ransom by the devil. And Jesus said, okay, I'll go and pay the ransom because God sent him to redeem us and pay the ransom for us. That's why Jesus is our redeemer. So he said, Listen, now look, I can understand this if somebody off the street was trying to tell you, oh, you're good with God. No, this is God telling you you're good with him. This is God saying, look, here's why. In a little while, I got to hide my face. But after this Jesus thing's done, it's going to be good, me and you. Because I'm your redeemer. For this is like the waters of Noah unto me. Now listen now, he's not talking about like the Noah rainbow Genesis. He says, for this is as the waters of Noah. He's saying, look, this is how much you could be sure of a promise. I'm not mad at you. Remember Noah? When I told him about the rainbow, every time you see the rainbow, you know I'm not going to flood the earth again. Just like you see that rainbow, know this. I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth so have I sworn. He said, just as much as that covenant agreement, he swore by himself. He double vowed. Uh, what? Look, this should be the end of this thing. You should be done right here. But I got to unprogram your mind because you've been destroyed by religion. Now, this is not a license to go off the rail. You know, if anybody's running it tight, it's me. This is for you to get sanity and understanding God's not matter. Then we can run tight. Because here's the thing. If some... Remember, when the law shows up, all it shows you is you're a sinner and it keeps you trapped in sin because nobody tries to live outside of it because you can't. Does that make sense? If you try to keep the law, you're in trouble. You're going to sin. Once you know you're free from the law, you can keep the law. It's crazy, ain't it? Why do you think people break the law? Other people are law-abiding citizens, but other people break the law. You think the law stopped people from breaking it? No, it's the rebellion within. So once you conform to the law, your life changes. You understand this? Now watch it. Now listen to what I'm saying. But other people want to progress. So if all you keep in front of you is that law, you're in trouble. You got to understand the freedom in Christ, then you can keep the law because grace allows you to do it. You couldn't live up to it before you didn't have the power. New Testament church has the grace to live the life. Okay, remember this? Okay, look, 
Old Testament, right? If you murder your brother, you will be killed. Old Testament. If you sleep with someone, you would be punished. Right? If you, eye for an eye. Right? That you got all these things. People's like, oh my God. Look at the New Testament. If you have hatred in your heart towards your brother, it's as good as killing him. But what's harder? The New Testament's harder. If you're not paying attention. <laughs> Excuse me. If you're not paying attention, watch this. Look what it says. Think of this. It says, if you look upon a woman with lust, it's as good as sleeping with her. Hello? Quiet in this church. <laughs> What's harder? The New Testament. One is doing it. The other one's just thinking it's like doing it. Wait a minute now. How can he live a standard life? He said, but I gave you my grace. I gave you grace as a power to change so you don't have to think those thoughts, so you don't have to have that lustful passion, but you got you to gotta work towards this. So if you think about it, murder over here was kill it with the hands. Murder over here is have hatred in your heart. What's harder? New Testament. But why did he say it's simpler? Because you've been given grace to do it. You don't have, you got love to overcome hate. You got love to overcome lust and passions that you should not have. Come on. Now, it's normal to have normal passion, but you shouldn't be like, you know, some weirdo. Come on. You get what I'm saying? Stop. Okay? But see what I mean? This is what he's trying to say. Listen to me. I'm basing this thing on me. I'm going to give you a better deal, but I got to wait until Jesus gets here. And he's here. Should no more go over the earth, so I have sworn that I would not be wroth with thee nor rebuke thee. Wow. He's not going to be mad at me. He's not going to rebuke me. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, says the Lord that hath mercy on thee. Man, did you pull that in? That's the word of God. Look what it says in the Amplified. Reads a little bit clearer for me to just kind of convey it over to you, and I'm excited about it. So in Isaiah 54, 7, in the Amplified, it really breaks it down for you to get an understanding of what's taking place. For a brief moment, I forsook you, but with great compassion and mercy, I will gather you again to me. In a little burst of wrath, I hid my face from you for a moment, but with age-enduring love and kindness, I will have compassion and mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. For this is like the days of Noah to me. As I swore that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I will not be angry with you or rebuke you. For though the mountains should depart and the hills be shaken or removed, yet my love and kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace and completeness be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Guys, is that not a good scripture or what? That's life-changing, isn't it? So here's what I want you to know. God, can God accept me the way I am? Yes. Why? Because he's not looking at where you are. He's looking at the finished product. He knows you're a work in progress. So watch this. Don't spend years wasting your life 
thinking God and you are not on the same page. You are. You might be just a little further along in the process or maybe a little bit behind in the process, but if you allow the process to start, we could change your life forever. That's why it's important because this is a, where do these beliefs come from? You ever think of this? Like, why do you think of yourself like this? Well, because we've been programmed off stuff we shouldn't be programmed on. Look at this right here. God's not mad at you. He's not mad at you. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 5.17. We're going to read this thing. But I want you to God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Did you get that? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if any person, you notice any person's in Christ is a new creature, this just reads a little bit simpler for you to get it. Therefore, if you, you out there listening to me right now, is the person that is engrafted in Christ. That means, well, you took the seed and you engrafted this word in you. You believe the gospel, the Messiah. You are a new creature right now. But you got an unrenewed mind, guys. You don't know what you've been made. That's the most important thing you got to get. An unrenewed mind doesn't know who the new me is. So what does an unrenewed mind do? It goes back to who I thought I was. You can't. You got to take these scriptures and reprogram your mind. Transform your thinking. Well, God's not, after, how in the world after Isaiah 54 are you going to tell me next week God's mad at you? You can't. He said, I'm not going to break my covenant of peace with you, and I'm not going to be mad at you. Colossians even says that if we can get there, we'll get there this week or next week. He says you're unreprovable in his sight. I know, guys, but you came to church. A lot of you grew up in religion. Pounded this thing, man. And that's not even how God wanted you to grow. I'm telling you, you're lucky. You know what? You guys are blessed you got me. <laughs> I'm not playing around. No, because these people go to church every week and get hammered like this. Who wants to go? I'm telling you the truth. You want to know why God, how God expected me and you to change? The goodness of God, the promises. It wasn't that the punishment, the punishment was not about getting you to change. It wasn't. The punishment was the consequences because you didn't go after the promise. Don't relinquish the promises of God, the word of God, the benefits of God. But if you go after those promises, they'll teach you how to walk. They'll teach you how to talk. Vision, vision. Let me tell you something about vision. Vision of a promise. I should do a series on that. Maybe we'll do that next month. Vision of a promise will change your life forever. People that sin, act the fool, shacking and, and, and whacked out and all that other junk, they have no vision. All you have are is a person of lack of vision. That's all it is. Because where there's no constraint in your life, you don't have vision. If you don't have vision in an arena, you're not going to have the actions to produce on the daily, and that's why we're all over the place. And that's why you're in bad relationships, no vision. You don't have no vision where you're going, you're in bad situations, no vision. I'm telling you the truth. Once you have vision, you have restraint. Vision will tell you how long you could be there. Vision will, vision will tell you who you can go out with. Because otherwise, with no vision, you have compromise. And you just go, oh, okay, somebody, somebody, and you got low self-esteem because you don't know how God sees you. Well, just somebody likes me. That ain't enough somebody likes you. Are you kidding me? Your standard's in the gutter before you even start. Get your standard where God wants it and get the vision for it and then build some standards in there and God will bring what you need. But the problem is if you don't have no vision in life, you're hanging out with the fellas, partying all night. This is nonsense. 
you got to act like an adult. You know what I mean? And I got a bunch of people, I got a bunch of 40-year-old people, 40, 50-year-old people want to go back and be 20. It's ridiculous. I had, I, had a, I had a married couple, you know, that you don't know who they are, they're outside here, coming here, and I'm like, I'm like this, this, she thinks she's 20 years old. What are you, nitwit? You're not 20 no more, honey. You got responsibilities. You guys are just as much. Oh, I got to hang out with the fellas. Ain't no time for no fellas. You got responsibility, first and foremost, in your family dynamic and your married dynamic, first in your God dynamic, your family dynamic. Now, look, I'm not telling you about go blow some steam. You understand what I mean? But that's not your priority. I got a bunch of people that are babies and they're selfish and all they want to talk about is what, what they need, what I need, what I need, me time, what I need, what I need. Look, I'm cool, I understand, but understand what I'm saying. How, first and foremost, am I getting my God time? Then do I have my vision clear? Because you're, you're like, you are literally, without clear vision, you are literally like a homing device for, for the moronic to find you. I'm telling you, you think I'm kidding. How do you think bad behavior is corrupted from other individuals? And I should say this. Good morals are corrupted by bad individuals. Or well, what happens is, well, you put yourself around the wrong people, and that rubs off on you. Because you, you, the standard of vision will tell you, as soon as you walk in a room, you'll know who you're going to hang out with and who you're not. But if you don't have vision producing restraint, you're trying all these different paths of life. Why do you think teenagers are so sporadic? Because they don't have clear vision. So they try this group and they try that group and then they try this group and they, they're trying to find identity. If you don't get that worked out early, your identity's found in Christ. This is where your identity's found. God reconciled the world himself, not imputing their trespasses. So there's a lot in this thing. So I'm not, I'm not going to get into all that. I'm not a psychologist and all that stuff. But you understand what I'm saying? Come on, man. Uh, I'm in this relationship, but uh, if I get in this relationship, I'm going to have to do things that compromise my beliefs. You think God brought that mess? Come on, dude. Wake up. These people are brainwashed by their own insanity. I'm telling you, man. Now, okay, so you're telling me that the thing... No, no, listen, I'm not here to hammer you. God loves people, but you gotta have balance in this thing. God's not mad at you, but he expects you to grow. God's not mad at you, but he expects you to listen to his word. God's not mad at you, but if you make the wrong choices in life, you're gonna have the consequences of life. They're coming, but God's not mad at you. God's not mad at you at all. You know, it's funny, right? It's kind of like kids. Don't kids always get mad as a parent when you discipline them? Like, why you gotta do that? Well, because if you don't understand that that is love, discipline is love. If you don't love somebody, you don't discipline them because you don't care what happens with their future. So God's not mad, but he still disciplines. I, I don't, to discipline you doesn't mean I'm mad at you. To discipline you doesn't mean I don't care about if, to, 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 to discipline you means I care more about you than the people not disciplining you. Hello? If I came in here like a powder puff Christian every single week, pablum pumping preacher, just making everybody happy, are you all happy? Is everybody happy? Are you comfortable? Is everybody, what, 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 what are you, you, you going to produce? Look, I'm not out here trying to make it harder, but I got to tell you the truth. 
So I tell you the truth, you get mad at the truth. They got mad at Jesus for preaching the truth. You don't think I know you're going to get mad at me for preaching the truth? But that's the truth. God is not mad at you. God is not angry towards you. God is not wrathful towards you. But God expects you to grow spiritually. God expects you to grow. And then most, most people get mad. Like when they get a little bump in the road with discipline because they think like, well, you know, I don't want to do this God stuff. Well, that's because you're immature. Spiritual growth is coming to them to love. The Bible says he chastens those who he loves. He brings correction to those he loves. Instead of looking at this thing as a thing to make you run away, take your marbles and go home, you don't want to play no more, you should look at this. God loves me so much, he's challenging me to change. God loves me so much, he cares about me to speak to me. We're going to talk about the prodigal and the back end of this series, and I want you to get it. You know what? That was love. Love was waiting for him. Love never stops waiting for you, but I got news for you. Love's going to stand there, too, and bring the corrective state of being that you need to have. Because guess what? One of the things about God that's real good is that he's very, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? There's, it, there's no gray in the Bible. You know, so it's not like the way oh, I want to interpret it. It's simple to interpret, and you line upon line it. So look what it says here in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he's a new creature, a new creature altogether. The old, previous, moral, and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, fresh and new has come. So he's saying your old moral standard is gone once you become a Christian. Your old spiritual condition is gone once you become a Christian. But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself. Did you get that? What did he do? He reconciled, he reconciled us to himself. Did you get that? He received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself. Did you see that now? That's God. So do you understand that? So he what? He reconciled us to himself. What's that mean? He received us into favor. He brought us into harmony with himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that by the word indeed we might aim to bring others into this harmony with him. So we got this ministry to tell people about it. Hey, God's good with you. Nah, but I'm messed up, bro. I'm out here, you know, just ripping and running. I'm all, No, God's good with you, and God wants you to come in, and then when you come in, he'll get the rip and run out of you. He'll get the transform out of you. The problem with the church is we come in and then, we don't, we sit here, we hear these life-changing, transforming things, but we don't live up to the standard of them, and then we live in like, we're living like lost people. You don't have to. That's where sin's penalty comes in, because it's like, it's really just missing the mark. That's all it is. I'm going to explain it. I got the, I got the best, um, I think, it's the best uh, an, uh, way I've ever brought it to you, First John 1 and 9. I really do, hands down, I think it's the best way I've ever preached it to you, and I think it's going to change your life. It was God personally present in Christ. Did you get this? So it was God in Jesus on the cross, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself. You better let that sink in. Because they're all three in one, man. So just as much as Jesus went to the cross, God went to the cross, and the Holy Spirit went to the cross for me and you in our sins. It was God personally present in Christ. God was in Christ. Crucifying himself to get reconciliation with you. Restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up or holding against men their trespasses, but he canceled them. 
and committing to us the message of reconciliation of restoration to favor. God is not holding your sins against you. He's not mad at you. Even after all the terrible things I've done, he's not mad at you. The Bible lets us know that sin of everyone, the whole world was laid on Jesus. There's no one today that should bear the punishment of their sins that is in Christ. Jesus already bore the punishment and consequences of all your sins, and he was judged for your sake. Now, man, I'm gonna t- you're giving everybody a license to sin. No, I'm just preaching the gospel. God, the good news. You see this, you don't want to sin. God is not holding your sin against you. He's not mad at you. You say, you're saying in your head, even after all the terrible things I've done and I'm going to do, yes. Now, I don't think it's good, but you're going to mess up your conscience and your soul and all that stuff, but the Bible lets us know sins of everyone in the whole world were laid on Jesus. There's no one today that has to bear the punishment of his or her sins. Jesus already bore the punishment and the consequences of all our sins. It's Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. Did you get that? Did you pull that in? Did you get, did you get that? Let's look at it again. You want to see it again? And it's up there. Isaiah 53. <laughs> oh, my God. Some of this stuff gets me, doesn't it? Isaiah 53.5. Pull it in strong. I'm going to pull this other translation up, too. I want you to see it. It was huge. Okay. Um, we'll look at it in a message right after this. It was, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. Let's look at it at the message, and then we're going to look at it amplified. Whatever one you want to pick first. The classic will be good too. But the message, let's see it, because I got it here. And it says it like this, but I'll give you a minute to get there. These are all new. But I'm telling you this way it is. Look at this. The servant, it goes a little further when you get in there, right? Because you got to put, um, you got to put, um, let me see that. Yeah, you got to put four, yeah, 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 you got to put four and five together. Isn't that how it goes? Oh, it goes two, three, four, and five, right? Was that how it went? The servant grew up before, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll just go a little further. But the fact was, it was our pains he carried. He looked down and passed over man. Let's go there. Let's just get to three. He was looking down on and passed over a man who suffered who knew pain firsthand. One look at him and people turned away. He looked down on him though he was scum. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him, our sins. He took the punishment and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. Isn't that strong? Look at this thing, too. Look at the Amplified. The Amplified reads real straight, too. Surely, look at four. We could even read, if you want to read, um, 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 three and four. Three, four, and five is strong. You want to pull it up in the, in, in the classic three, four, and five? 
Because I knew what, I knew it. I didn't know all of I didn't know word for word, obviously. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I, I'll, I'll get you there. Got a couple minutes here, and we'll knock this out. We'll stop right here, and then we'll go. We'll start again next week. But um, I want you to pull this in. You got three, four, and five. Beautiful. He was despised and rejected and forsaken by men, a man of sorrows and pains, acquainted with grief and sickness, and like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised. That's what, he was ta- that's what Isaiah was talking about. He said, for a minute, I got to just let wrath come on you. And wait till we get in the New Testament. God said he put his wrath on Jesus. So let me ask you a question. So God put his mad on Jesus. How in the world is he going to put his mad on me? Jesus took God's mad on him, so he can't be mad at me. Telling you, man, strong stuff, ain't it? Don't think God's mad at you. He's not mad at you. And God's not even displeased with you. God just expects you to spiritually grow and kind of go. You don't expect your kid, you know, you don't, you know, guys, listen, man. You know, when you feed a baby food, you know, you remember, I remember the kids, I used to take the, you know, Gigi was the last one. I used to take the little spoon with the stuff, play airplane. You know, here we go. She'd have this big goofy smile on her face like, open her mouth, right? And I'd shove spaghetti in there. She had spaghetti all over her face. Well, now she's like 14. <laughs> I don't go there. Open your mouth. Come on, man. I expect spiritual growth. Pick up the spoon. Feed yourself. Right? You know, remember when they were little kids, you put their clothes on? Now they yell at you like, why'd you ever dress me like that? Because I was so shot out back then, bro. You'd be happy you had clothes on. You don't leave the house naked all the time. Right? You know what I'm saying? Now they put their own clothes on. Now they tell you what they can wear, what they can't wear. You expect growth. You expect growth. What do you think God's got? A bunch of kids, and he's standing there all, God's playing airplane with the scriptures. Walking low. Come on, it's funny, but wake up. He's expecting growth. If it ain't growing, it's dying, guys. Look, let me read this to you. Look what it says here. It says, look at this. He was despised. He was rejected. One of whom man hid. We did not appreciate his worth or have any esteem for him. My God, that's true. Surely he bore our griefs. He took your sickness. He took your weakness and distresses and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. He carried it. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, afflicted by God as if it were leprosy. Meaning what? We thought he was doing it to him. He's telling you. Well, he did it to him. He did it to him for you. But he was bruised. See it? You see the mentality? We thought it was, we were ignorant about the punishment. We were just like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Somehow up there, you know, Adam messed it up, and, you know, God did it with Jesus, and I, you know, I, I get it, and, you know, Jesus died, and that's why we get to go to heaven, and I'm waiting for heaven because on earth stinks, and I don't know what to do. No, and he goes, wake up. He was wounded for your sin. He was bruised for your guilt. He was, he was beaten for your iniquities, and the chastisement, the need to obtain peace and well-being was for us, for us was upon him. This is why he went there. So you don't have to go through this abandonment in the earth. And with the stripes that wounded him, we were healed and made whole. Guys, ain't that great news? 
God's not mad at you. There's nobody today has to bear this up. He was wounded and bruised, beaten, and my peace was upon him. Isn't that good? So God's, God's not mad at you. We're going to pick this up next week. But often we do these things. We do these. We, 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 we say the wrong things. We make mistakes. God's made provision to automatically cleanse us, man. He knew it, but he doesn't expect us to be like this. It's like this. I walk in a room today. Let me give you a quick analogy so you can walk out of this thing, right? So here's what he Jesus did all this. So I walk in a room today, right? And we're going to read this in Romans later on in the series, but we're here right now. And I go, you go, Pastor Chris, what are you saying? He gave me, choose death in life. He's going, I gave you the opportunity to choose death. You already lived in death, but you could choose life and you could say different kind of words in this atmosphere if you choose to. He's saying in decisions, I gave you life or death. Choose this one, it leads to life. Choose that one, it chooses to death. Make the choice. But I gave you the strength to make the choice. When you were lost, you couldn't make the choice. Now you just don't want to. See, that's the difference. When I was lost, I was bound. I couldn't make the right choices. I tried. I couldn't do it. Right? Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 7. And everybody tries to use it as a Christian terminology. The, well, the things I wish to do, I cannot do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. That's lost man. The spirit man can do everything that word of God says he could do. You just got to what? Choose to do it. You see the growth in it? If you went in a room and there was two doors, door A takes you here, door B takes you there, and you know that door A is really what God wants you to take, don't even look at door B. Just take A. It's better for you. Why in the world would God send Jesus to the cross and give you all this stuff and then want you to suffer in the earth with nonsense? Make the right choices and see the right destiny. It's important. God's not mad at you. Next week, we're going to talk more about, I think it's going to take all of May to really filter this thing. Meditate on an Isaiah 54 scripture. Read it in different couple of translations. Pull it in. Study it out. Believe what it says about you and see your life transformed forever. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus for each and every person listening to the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord. They're going to take this change and transformation to a whole other level. And I thank you, Father, for doing everything you said you're going to do in their life. And I thank you most of all that you're doing it through this message. This message is going to change people's lives. And we see who we are in Christ. We're never going to forget it. And we're going to walk in the fullness. And God, I know you're not mad at me. Say it out loud. God, I know you're not mad at me, and I'm pleased to know it. Thank you for loving me all the time. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Praise the Lord, guys. I'll see you Sunday, 9 and 10.30 online, 10.30 in person. It's going to be a powerful word. We're stepping in this season, finding out who we are, figuring out how to do it. I love you, and I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.